Hi, I'm Pastor Adam, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story, and we hope that this sermon will guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org for more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. Almighty God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Good evening. My name is Pastor Corey, and I'm the associate minister here at Orange, and we are grateful that God has called you to be with us, to be with him tonight. Anticipated loss is so unique. It's not something that we always get to do. And as painful and tragic as the knowing is, knowing that we will not have what we once had, it can also be the most beautiful gift. The space of knowing, the space of preparing for both the one who is facing death and the ones that will be left. That space is thin, it's sacred, it's terrifying, it's disorienting, and it is at the very same time the most comforting place I've ever been. I remember the last moments before my mentor, Gary, passed. Someone who meant so much to me for so many reasons. And I remember when the doctor came in to tell Gary that what was happening couldn't be reversed. We were all in the room with him, and when the doctor walked out, everything changed. The optimistic promises were done. The pleasantries and small talk were done. But what wasn't done, well, they were the things that mattered. I told Gary how much he meant to me, how much I loved him. I said, thank you. I didn't tell him I wasn't ready but it wasn't. And before we knew it, somehow it was just me and Penny, Gary's wife, in the room, and a team came in to move Gary to a hospice facility. So I told Penny I'd meet them there, and we arrived and settled. And at that point, Gary was no longer responding to questions or our conversations. He didn't know what else to do, so I offered to pray. And as I started the prayer, I got out just a few sentences, and suddenly Gary's voice took over. And he prayed. And he prayed the same words I'd heard him pray so many times. Penny and I just looked at each other in amazement. Those were the last words Gary ever spoke. Think about that moment so often, and I miss him so much. He was my friend. He was my teacher. He was a father figure to me. Life feels harder without his guidance and his counsel. A few months after Gary passed away, Penny asked if we could meet for dinner. She wanted to give me something. And she gave me this. Gary's traveling communion set. This small box in so many ways 
contains all that Gary modeled and taught me. And now I'm entrusted to continue opening it. You see, unless I share what's in this small box, it's of no use to anyone. But when I open and share what's in this box, it's not out of obligation or expectation, but it's an expression and a reflection of my love for him and the love he had for me. And Gary and my story, it, it finds itself within the larger story that's re revealed in its fullness this very night, this very week. And tonight, this Maundy Thursday, this is Jesus' moment to prepare us. This night is the strange gift of anticipated loss, where the words that matter get said. Tonight is not for the crowds or for the Pharisees or for the Roman authorities. Tonight is for the circle, for the disciples, for the friends who aren't quite ready, who need to hear all the things that will crush them and at the same time assure them, comfort them, and ultimately save them. I know the disciples talked about this night a lot the Last Supper, not only because Jesus told them to, but because this was the last night they got to touch Jesus, that Jesus touched them, that they laughed together. It was the last moment of the life they knew for three years, because tomorrow everything changes. But tonight we get to sit by his side and listen. Tonight isn't just a moment or a day to check off. Tonight matters. And because he's our teacher, he's our friend, he's our father, because he's our Messiah, we're here. And as his disciples, this is where we should be. Because tonight Jesus tells us what matters, what really matters. So after the supper in which Matthew's gospel describes that Jesus took bread, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, told them to take, eat, this is my body. And then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. Jesus tells us that he is our nourishment our sustenance in a world of scarcity and brokenness. He promises us that his sacrifice is our forgiveness in a world full of sin and brokenness. And then in John's gospel, he shows us what really matters. When this king of kings who created the universe, who set the world into motion and then stepped into it, the same one who has also wept with sorrow for the pain we've endured. He wraps a towel around his waist and he fills a basin with water. He doesn't tell the disciples it'll be okay. Whatever, what happens tomorrow will never be okay. Instead, he shows them 
what to do, how and why we continue on even when everything feels lost and the one we love the very most is gone. He gets down on the ground and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. Gets to Simon Peter who asks, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus responds, you don't know now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. Peter says, you will never wash my feet. This exchange breaks my heart. The disciples know that all of this matters, that tonight is different, but they're not ready. Are any of us ever really ready? But in Peter's world, I get this sense that he thinks he can fix things or that things can still be fixed because in this moment, the world is upside down. The master is the servant, and this isn't how it's supposed to be. But the way things are supposed to be has led to a world full of injustice and idolatry and brokenness and sinfulness and sickness. The way things are supposed to be is broken beyond repair. So Jesus tells Peter, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Unless you accept a new way, a parting with what you've known, Unless you allow what you thought to be transformed, you have no share with me. To which Peter says, then, wash all of me, not just my feet. Jesus replies, one who has bathed only needs their feet cleansed. Our feet are the dirtiest parts of our bodies. They endure the most. We ask the most of them. That's where Jesus spends time on this last night. Washing the worst parts of us, caring for the worst parts of us, convincing Peter, convincing us that Jesus can handle and restore the worst parts. All we must do is yield to his touch, yield to his love. Tonight we don't tell Jesus what parts of us to clean or that we don't want to do this, or that we want to do this another way. There is only one way. Tonight we must listen and learn what really matters. Jesus' parting discourse to us, to the disciples, isn't, let me wash your feet and then you are done. He says, so if your Lord and teacher, if I have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Servants are no greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them, if you do them. And then Jesus gives a new commandment, a new mandate. The reason today is Monday, Thursday, from the Latin word mandate. Jesus says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. You should also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Love as I have loved you. How has Jesus loved us? He's invited us to this table. He's nourished us with his own body. 
He's quenched us with living water. He's cleansed the filthiest parts of who we are. And how will Jesus love us in these days ahead? We may receive his love tonight. We may feel it like never before on Easter morning, but unless we embody it, unless we witness to the word made flesh with our own bodies, no one will ever know what we've experienced. No one will know that tonight mattered to us. No one will know who we are, beloved. If we do not share what Jesus has told us tonight, we will have received this most precious gift, and it will be of no use. Let us dare to share what we've glimpsed tonight. Let us dare to believe that the love we've been given is worth sharing with the world and that the way things are supposed to be just doesn't work. But there is another way. Let us be bold to say, to believe, to embody that there is a love that does work. It is a love that saves the world. It is a love that says tonight is not the last night. It's a love that says the first shall be last and the last shall be first. It's a love that washes our feet. It's a love that says the worst thing is never the last thing. It's a love that says death does not have the final word. It's a love that cannot be contained. It's a love that beckons us and blesses us and will not let us go. But tonight, let us stay here in the presence of Jesus just a little longer before we must let him go to the place that we cannot. Let us pray. Holy God, word made flesh, you came to be one among us, to walk the path that only you could walk. Tonight you hem us in, you call to us to listen, to remember to embody, to go forth and share what we have received. Love, love, love. It is in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online once again at orangemethodist.org. Thank you.